Hello and welcome to Access Asia. Coming up on the program, he was unopposed and had the backing of an eight-party alliance. But lawmakers in Thailand have rejected a bid by a reformist candidate to become the next prime minister. Pita Limjaranrat says he's not giving up the fight with another vote set for next week. With the space race to the moon underway, India launches a mission with plans to land a rover on the lunar surface. Hopes are high following a failed attempt back in 2019. And Japan is facing a shrinking population with the number of births down for a seventh straight year. We'll take you to one rural town which may have found a way to reverse the trend. Thanks for tuning in. We begin with political uncertainty in Thailand. The country's parliament has rejected a bid by the reformist candidate Pita Limjaranrat to become the next prime minister in spite of his coalition's victory in the May elections. Now, Pita is a fresh face in Thai politics who's promising a return to full democracy after almost a decade of military rule. Another vote is set for next week, and he's vowing to fight on. Leo McGuinn has the latest. A defiant wave from Peter Limja Ronrat, reacting to the news that his bid to become Prime Minister was rejected by Thailand's parliament on Thursday. The reformist, who heads the Move Forward Party, failed to secure the 375 parliamentary votes needed to become the country's 30th Premier, despite his party winning the popular vote in May's general election. Speaking shortly after the tally, the 42-year-old remained confident. I accept it, but I'm not giving up. In very short. I accepted that that uh, I couldn't reach 376. I got 324, and there's 200 abstains. Um, I'm going to strategize once again uh, to consolidate the uh, voice just to make sure that we reach 376. Under Thai rules, the parliament will continue voting until a PM is elected. On Wednesday, the State Election Commission said that there was evidence that Peter had violated election law and referred his case to the Constitutional Court for a ruling something which the Move Forward Party have called a dirty trick in order to cling on to power. Thursday's vote was in particular derailed by the senators, many of whom were appointed by the military regime, with only 13 out of 249 voting for Peter, much to the fury of his supporters. Why don't they listen to us? The Senate are not with the people. The election did not mean anything to them. I'm not OK with this result. I hoped that it would end today. Thailand should move forward. They shouldn't buy time like this. The people have chosen and they should follow. Peter is hugely popular amongst the public. May's election saw voters reject almost a decade of army-backed rule under Prayat Chan-o-cha in favour of the man sometimes called Thailand's Barack Obama. Whether or not he can turn that support into parliamentary votes remains to be seen. Next to Sri Lanka, which is in the midst of its worst financial crisis in 75 years. Many were hoping that an uprising last year that led to the ouster of former President Rajapaksa would help turn things around, but the nation remains deep in debt. As Liza Kamenov tells us, many Sri Lankans are trying to escape hardship by leaving the country. At the age of 75, Milton Pereira has sunken cheeks and trouble breathing. The air in his house is damp because of a water leak, which the local council has failed to repair due to lack of funds. He eases his asthma with an inhaler, which the government provided free of charge until a few months ago. Life is harder than it was last year. We're spending a lot of money on medication. 
In Sri Lanka, the price of basic necessities has rocketed, with water and electricity bills doubling in the last year. Former President Rajapaksa was blamed for the island's worst economic crisis in 75 years, with fuel and food shortages, blackouts and rising inflation. Tens of thousands of Sri Lankans were hoping for change, starting months of protests in 2022, which prompted the president to flee the country. But since his ousting one year ago, the country remains deep in $42 billion of domestic debt. Rajapaksa's successor cut subsidies and double taxes, but many residents remain unconvinced and are looking for ways to leave Sri Lanka. Queues are growing outside the immigration department in Colombo as more and more residents apply for a passport. The cost is going high, you know. Every day is going high, but uh, the salary amount is same. Uh, the companies are not increasing the salaries. So that's why we are trying to leave. Sri Lanka has announced a debt restructuring plan with the International Monetary Fund approving an aid package valued at nearly $3 billion. Well, there is economic trouble of a different kind in China, where youth unemployment stands at more than 20 percent. Economists say the country is still trying to bounce back from its zero-COVID policy enforced during the pandemic, which left young people with fewer options in the job market. Yenka Oyatade reports. Pahati is on a quest to draw potential customers to his lemon tea stand on the outskirts of Shanghai. The 27-year-old just started his new business after seeing young and successful hawkers on social media. Opening the stand was never part of Pahati's career plan, but the lifting of China's zero-COVID policy hasn't spurred major recovery and youth unemployment is mounting. If you live in a big city like Shanghai, your rent is a big part of your expenses. If you can earn enough through hawking to cover your rent, I think that's great. Young people are bearing the brunt of China's tepid recovery. Nearly 21 percent were jobless in May, another record high. Local authorities are now loosening street hawking rules after a decade of strict regulation. Allowing uh, hawkers to hit the street is among the policy options, spur consumption and to stabilize the job market. After closing her flowers store during the pandemic, this 52-year-old woman has been unable to secure another full-time job. She's now moved her business to this street corner, where she's forced to compete with younger vendors. Young people in general, especially young women, really like flowers. So they want to start selling them on the street for fun. But what they don't realize is that someone's actual livelihood depends on this business. Shanghai says it will hold a trial period letting authorized street vendors set up shop in designated locations from August 5th. That will be in exchange for registration and a fee. Well, India is on its way back to the moon. After a failed attempt to land a rover on the lunar surface in 2019, an Indian spacecraft has blasted off and will spend the next month traveling to its destination. There's a bit of a space race underway at the moment with Japan, China, Russia and the U.S. planning trips to the moon in the coming years. James Vecina has the story. Its mission to the moon once more, as India's third Chandrayaan lifts off from Shiharikota in the south of the country, with its ETA set for the 23rd of August. 
On board the unmanned spacecraft is an orbiter, a lander and a rover. The lander will be aiming for the moon's southern pole, where it will release the rover for a series of experiments set to be carried out over the course of two weeks. My prayerful pronouns for the successful continuous operations of the Chandrayaan spacecraft for its safe and soft landing on lunar surface and further experiments. Thank you. Jai Hind. The aim is to bring back data about the moon's soil and rocks, and the southern region is of particular interest due to its shadowed craters, which scientists believe could contain ice and minerals. This belief stems from research India carried out during the first Chandrayaan mission in 2008, which uncovered the presence of water molecules on the moon. But the country's attempt in 2019 to deploy a rover and explore these craters resulted in failure. Communications from the lander to ground station was lost. The data is being analysed. The lander crashed in its final descent, which the Indian Space Research Organisation says was caused by a software malfunction. By adapting existing technology and paying lower wages to its engineers, the country's space exploration comes at a significantly lower cost than ventures undertaken by other countries. And if it succeeds this time round, India will join the United States, Russia and China as the only nations to have achieved a controlled landing on the moon's surface. And meanwhile, this week, China unveiled new details about its plans to send astronauts to the moon. The Chinese space program says the mission will include two rockets, one carrying the astronauts and another to transport a spacecraft they will use to descend to the lunar surface. It's part of a long-term project Beijing has to build a lunar research station. China has landed rovers on the moon before, but the U.S. is the only country to have successfully sent humans to the lunar surface back in the late 60s and 70s. China has not set a date for the mission, but says it will happen before the year 2030. Next to Japan, where there is an effort underway to encourage women to have more children. The country's population is shrinking, with the number of births down in 2022 for the seventh straight year. Our team in Japan takes us to one rural town that may have found a way to reverse the trend. Smiling babies make for happy parents. At this creche in Nagi, local mums come to help look after other people's children while they work or run errands, a service that costs less than two euros an hour. As a mother, it's affordable and gives the children the chance to mix with other kids. In Nagi, the birth rate is a matter of pride. Here, women have an average of just under three children each. That's more than double the national birth rate. Nagi's approach is geared towards children and mothers. I'm very grateful for that. Japan's birth rate has halved over the past 60 years. Nagi's mayor is addressing the problem by reaching out to young workers from big cities. They live in these homes, 80 square meters of floor space for just 400 euros a month. Here we have 12 houses and they're all occupied. More people come to live in the town than leave it, and most of the new arrivals are young people. Nagi is fighting the demographic crisis on several fronts. It provides families with 700 euros every time they have a child, as well as free health care until 18 and work for young mothers. Many Japanese women quit their jobs when they have their first child. Here, they do part-time jobs, 
and have the freedom to cut their hours short if something urgent crops up. Our mission is to adapt to the issues faced by parents. They're able to look after their children until they go to the creche or even until they enter primary school. Nagi is a symbol of hope in one of the greyest societies on earth. The Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, is among the many politicians to have visited the town. He's described Japan's low birth rate as a national crisis. And finally, South Korea has welcomed its very first pair of panda twins. The female cubs were born this week at the Everland theme park near Seoul, and they're reported to be in good health. Their birth is the result of conservation efforts that have been underway for decades to increase the population of giant pandas. The cubs are not yet on display for the public, but in the meantime are being showcased on social media. And that's it for this edition of Access Asia. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time.